I'm Chuck Randolph, Chief Security Officer and host of Ontic's Protective Intelligence Podcast, where we share stories from security professionals to shape how we view the future of the industry. In parallel to my corporate career, I also spent 30 years as both an infantry and information operations officer in the U.S. Army, where I was honored to serve alongside some of the finest soldiers and leaders I've ever met. In honor of Veterans Day, we're sharing a selection of episodes that shine a spotlight on the expertise, accomplishments, and insights of several veterans we've had on our show this year. Thank you for listening to the series. Let's get started. George Taylor, Chief Operating Officer at Xlog Global, as a retired Marine, having held leadership positions at the First Force Reconnaissance Company, as well as Chief Special Missions Branch for the Special Operations Training Group. In this episode, he shared how his time as a former Marine Corps sniper taught him that success is planning and prevention, and that always beats just reacting. Surprises are never met with open arms in the world of security professionals. Scenarios, both good and bad, should be played out over and over again so nothing can catch us off guard. Well, you know, you said you were a Marine Corps, Marine Corps sniper in particular. You know, right. I also am former military army myself. Right. Um, I did not bring any crayons for you, but I'll get some yeah, from yeah. my friend. I have already had lunch, so I don't need the crayons <laughs> right now. So, yeah. What did you learn as a Marine Corps sniper that you used in corporate America? Yeah. Um, I would say one, uh, you know, success is based on planning. I mean, that's the key that I, I learned really pretty much anything I did even as an infantryman, but uh, success uh, is, uh, planning is key to success. The more preparation you can do, the more information you know, and you understand how it applies to what right. you're trying to do. Information's valuable, but until you analyze it uh, and understand what it means contextually to what you're trying to do, uh, it's just information, but that's really the key I took away is preparation uh, beats a reaction, right? Right. Uh, it's the same thing if you're going to move into, you know, if you're going to move into a final firing position, all that, that may take days, but you've also spent days doing the plan and you're executing a mission that may take, uh, you know, less than 30 minutes, right? Uh, well, time on target, less than 30 minutes is all the preparation puts you at that point where the success now relies on your individual skill, but you had to have all that preparation first. Yeah, so you're right. So actually, by the time it actually plays out, you should have played it out in your mind, played it out on a war game, played it out in, you know, in a yeah. scenario-based you know, tabletop, whatever, four or five times to think, like, what are the likely right. outcomes right. so there are no surprises. I mean, right. I can only imagine with what you folks do around the world now, how important that crisis planning comes into play in terms of like, hey, we have folks that we need to get off of the X. Maybe there's 15, maybe there's 20. You know, not everything is going to re require gunships and helicopters. Right. Yeah, that's true. And really, uh, uh, a lot of uh, even friends, you and I were joking about this earlier, you know, friends think that we're out doing all this great stuff and we are doing great stuff. But the reality is what we're doing is we're empowering and enable organizations and individuals to be prepared, which de facto will make them more resilient. Yeah. The more prepared you are, the more resilient you are, 
uh, emotionally, you know, it, it covers all facets of life, but we're really focused on the business part of it is we try to make them, I'll, I'll use the term super prepared, extra prepared, so they're ready yeah. and resilient. And when things start happening, if you're in that forward leaning posture, they recognize uh, negative trends quicker and contextualize them. That's really the key is putting it in context. Mastering the art of conveying risk to leaders outside of the security realm remains a challenge. It's all too common to become caught up in the industry-specific terminology and inundate the audience with excessive detail. Matt Bohatch, the Director of Global Corporate Security and Site Operations for The Washington Post, draws on his background as a sergeant in the Marine Corps to communicate effectively providing informative insights that prompt action as he works to protect hundreds of journalists in high-risk areas around the globe. And I had never really think, thought that I was going to join the military. You know, my grandparents, both my grandfathers uh, had joined and served their country uh, during World War II. And for me, it was never really a thought that I would, you know, be uh, in the military or, or the Marine Corps for that matter. But as, as I was in college at the time, and as all this was unfolding, particularly with Iraq, um, I just had this call to duty to want to serve my country, uh, and obviously, you know, travel the world and do all the interesting things that, that, uh, military life can provide. So I, I joined the Marines, uh, it was my first choice. <laughs> and, uh, from there I joined the infantry, uh, spent a couple of years uh, with the second battalion, six Marines. Uh, did a few deployments, uh, one of which was to Afghanistan for the uh, first ever Afghanistan elections uh, for then president-elect Amit Karzai. Uh, we were the QRF for his, uh, for his team. And then from there, I transferred over to the Marine Corps Embassy Security Group, uh, where I spent the last three years of my time in the Marines uh, doing work at the American embassies overseas. So that was really my entry into I guess the security industry, uh, particularly moving from the infantry over to the Marine Corps Embassy Group, working at the embassies overseas and getting that exposure and experience of uh, what it's like to work in a SOC, uh, doing some you know external uh, protective details for dignitaries uh, and things of that nature. Well, as you know, uh, I'm a former State Department special agent, and uh, obviously we had a long working relationship, storied history with uh, the U.S. Marine Security Guards. And quite frankly, I, I don't know what we would have done without uh, you guys uh, all around the world. It's just amazing, amazing the kind of support that uh, the Marines give to uh, the protection of our personnel around the globe. I've always said it's the best kept secret in the Marine Corps. Uh, there's not a lot of Marines that know about this job, uh, and maybe more will know after this podcast. But um, it's definitely it's it was hands down the best decision I ever made. You know, getting my top secret security clearance, um, leaving the grunts, right, leaving the infantry side of the Marine Corps, uh, <laughs> the, the ditch digging, and and all that comes along with that, and then transitioning into you know spit and polish, standing in front of ambassadors and foreign dignitaries. Uh, you know, within a three to four month period, once I got out of Quantico, uh, was a pretty, pretty big adjustment. But for me, it was, it was great. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and it was the best decision I made. And it allowed me to really network as well and, and for that transition period that, that ended up happening after my three years and after the time that I got out, it allowed me to, to be exposed to, to the State Department and to DSS and to the Secret Service and all the other 
branches that are at uh, specific embassies overseas uh, and just get that sort of civilian side of the house um, out away from the military. A successful leader knows that you can't lead from behind. You have to be good at what you do as a practitioner and empower others around you to lead and innovate. Dave Holder, who leads insider threats at Ford Motor Company, learned this important lesson among many others during his time as a security officer in the National Security Investigations Program for the U.S. Army. Well, there are a lot of things in the military that carry directly over. Um, I guess there are a couple of things that immediately come to mind, though. Um, one thing I learned early on in the military was I was never the smartest person in the room. Uh, and I didn't know what I didn't know. Sometimes I started to feel that way. But the person sitting quietly in the back would enter into a conversation at a much higher level than I would anticipate. So I was kind of put in my place uh, passively many times throughout my military career. And that served me well um, and, and made me want to be more of a collaborator and a listener. Um, you know, another lesson I learned was always be prepared for an opportunity to improve some kind of capability, even especially when resources seem impossible to obtain. I definitely felt that way throughout my career. We never had enough resources. We still had to accomplish the mission. And <clears throat> so we had to innovate, work together, and, and find workarounds to all of these daily obstacles of all sorts. Um, that has a direct analog into corporate security and corporate processes. Um, I'm probably a little bit more dogged than some of my peers, um, just culturally coming out of the military, where lives are on the line. Sometimes I forget that lives are not necessarily on the line and no bullets are flying and I could get a little excited. I'm <laughs> uh, uh, sure uh, through most of us coming out of these types of environments struggle with that balance a little bit. Um, and with leadership, you know, generally speaking, I learned you can't lead from behind. Um, you have to be good at what you do as a practitioner. You have to be good with your people. You've got to empower everyone and let them lead. Um, and you've got, to, you've got to empower them to innovate. Sometimes veterans learn the hard way that certain things in the military don't exactly translate when you're in a corporate setting. After spending 36 years in the U.S. Marine Corps and then entering the private sector, Major General Richard Lake shares stories of how he learned to adjust and the importance of understanding the organization's culture before you give your input on security operations. Was there anything that you realized, hey, I need to leave this, I need to, I need to put this in a box, I'm going to leave it here and not take it with me? Well, there's some, there, there are naturally some differences that you, and one of the things I'm a big believer in is, is it, regardless of where you are, is you need to understand the organization's culture that you're, that you're part of mm -hmm. and adjust to fit into that culture. And I'm not talking about being deceptive or manip manipulative, but I, once I left the military, I was in a meeting one time. And I used one of the standard phrases I always used in the military, which was the military equivalent of now tell me if I'm crazy. And I was in a, this was when, when I was 
in the, on the West Coast. I was in a meeting and I used the phrase, now tell me if I'm smoking something unauthorized. And, and someone in the meeting looked at me and very sincerely said, what is unauthorized? <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah, okay, I'm in Washington State. Uh, Marijuana is legal. Uh, yeah, so I said, note to self, you know, change your terminology. And so my term, term, terminology went back to, now tell me if I'm crazy. Jack Stradley is the CEO of Xlaw Global. One of the main things he took away from his time in the service was the importance of a combined arms team. What that means is that you integrate different functions of an organization to achieve mutually complementary effects. Jack shares that you don't fight in a silo in the military. You bring your artillery, infantry, logistics, etc., even your air power to work for you seamlessly. The same goes for mitigating threats in the corporate world. Let's say planner, practitioner of security and military operations. I, I don't want to downplay being an FAO or an exchange officer. I, I, you know, that gave you great planning and course of action development skill. But what did what was your observations? You said, you know, hey, I became the COO of a company that was doing security work. That had to be quite eye-opening in terms of like now you have to look at a you're still in the industry, but I need you to look at a broad scale of things. So almost being being involved as much in the business as you are doing the business. Did you have any aha moments or anything when, when you were, were the COO and you're you're like, wow, we're, we're we need to think differently or do differently? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the main thing I, I found in, a, in an organization that we, the organization I was in that I eventually was COO of was that it was, you know, security was so, there were so many different definitions of security. I had a company that did strictly bomb blast mitigation on buildings and things like that. So they were, it was a bunch of architects. And then I had a bunch of VP guys that, you know, ran around with surveillance kits and, you know, sticking out of their ear and, and thought about, uh, you know, motorcade tactics and things like that. And those two people never talked to each other. They, they were two different complete business units. And, of course, the, the, one of the things Marine Corps taught me, taught me was combined arms team. Uh, you know, you don't fight in a silo. You, you bring your artillery. You bring your logistics. You bring your air, air, air power. Uh, and you all work seamlessly together to, you know, apply the entire force. And so that was my aha moment was that, that, that here we are, uh, you know, after we'd figured it out and become purple in the military and, and joint operations, in the civilian world, it was still siloed. And even to this day, it's still siloed. No, I, I think that's a tremendous thing that you get from the military, especially if you've been, you know, senior NCO, a warrant officer or, or an officer is like the idea of joint, or as you just said, purple, which in the military and, and a lot of law enforcement uh, communities, you know, purple means a joint environment. And we used to say everything's purple. Right. And I, oh, think, a- I think that's a tremendous skill set, being able to look back and say, hey, EP, you're doing this crisis management, you're doing that. Event folks, you're doing this. Are we talking? Are we talking the same language? And do we have a common operating picture and all those things? Thanks for joining me on this special episode. This Veterans Day, please take time to honor those who have served and those who are working tirelessly to protect today. Please subscribe to hear our future episodes. We have some great ones lined up.